There's three quarterbacks on this football team. Whichever one starts, starts. Whichever ones don't, we'll back him up. Period. Cut and dry. It's nobody's concern but ours. Nobody's. Next. Injuries from the uh, game. Talk to the trainer. Next. Right Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? Good. Okay. If you were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood too. <laughs> he is in a is bad that, mood. Is that Dick talking about too many quarterbacks or Hunter talking about having too many tight ends? Uh, I think the words could be the same. <laughs> it's a timeless, timeless complaint. Yes. Welcome into uh, episode nine of kickers are in everything i don't know anymore episode nine sounds right i'm just gonna start saying random numbers uh of kickers and everything uh week we are on to week seven week six wrapped up uh this week on the podcast we have a special guest none other than last place codel 13 owner uh will will how you doing how's it going guys i'm doing as well as you can for a team at zero and six probably you care the most about but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it puts a damper on your every Sunday. See, yeah. Seeing you go down every week. Well, seeing my fantasy team go down and my New York Giants go down simultaneously is usually usually when you get me at my uh, my most upset. Probably the worst thing going on in the world right now. <laughs> if, you ask, if you ask me. Yeah, I probably put my fantasy team sucking, the Giants sucking, and then not getting married. That's the list. One, two, three. The real you sound pan- like you have your priorities in straight. The real pandemic is having to watch the Giants play football. <laughs> the real pandemic is in our hearts. Yes. <laughs> or a form of myocarditis. Um, so we are we are pretty much at halfway through the regular season at this point. Uh, and I think we can all agree we have seen some teams who have emerged as real contenders for not only the playoffs, but for the championship. Um, and we've seen a couple teams uh, hang around near the bottom um, with some hope maybe, but mostly none left. Um, so this week I want to do something a little different to start the show. I actually did some analysis um, on the first three weeks versus the second three weeks of the season because uh, I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but with no pre or not, uh, yeah, on the podcast, but with no preseason, uh, I thought it would be interesting to see if offense started fast, defense started fast, you know, if if it, if it just kind of felt the same as it always did, if there's any real trends. Um, so I br- so I broke down the numbers a little bit by team, um, tried to see if there was any real trend or really any difference. I think the first real difference, you guys can't see this on the podcast, but I will post it in the group um, when we're done so you can kind of look through it. But the first real thing that I'll point out is there has been a seven-point reduction in average points per team per week uh, across the board in weeks four through six from week one through three. And Schneider, I'm curious what you think that is, what that's coming from. I mean, it's got to just be lower scores across the league. Um, there were a lot of superstar players that went down in the first couple of weeks due to injury, um, I mean, most likely due to lack of preseason. Um, and we're probably feeling the effect of that a little bit and just overall offense is being a little bit less powerful. How about you, Will? What do you think? Yeah, I guess piggybacking off of losing some of those injuries, you think of some of the powerhouse points-wise, right, coming from your Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, the first two injuries that do come to mind. And 
kind of guessing and checking a lot of players I feel like have come out of nowhere this year um, as, as opposed to other seasons because, you know, you're not – you're not having that training camp to even base anything off of. So, um, you know, that's kind of where you're losing some of the points too. not, not really having them there. Yeah. And I think, um, I think the other point is I think most, I guess, most experts would probably agree that it is easier for an offense to come together than it is a defense. So I really think that not having a preseason, um, benefited the offenses. And I think through one weeks, one through three, you saw a lot of high scoring games, uh, and now you've kind of seen the defenses settling in. You've seen them, you know, start to improve. I think you, you we saw a Bucks defense that looked absolutely miserable in week one, and they just, you know, limited Aaron Rodgers to three fantasy points in week six. So I think you're seeing defenses really take shape, and I think this is this trend will probably be more of the norm uh, moving forward, and I think those first three weeks were kind of an outlier. We did have a lot of very abnormally high scores. In the first couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so not surprising that it has ended up where it did. Yep. So just a couple other things to call out uh, based off of this list. Our first place team, uh, Kamara Harris, Harris, owned by Aaron, averaged 149 points per week. So in, in weeks one through three, which is probably record setting. Um, but since then has averaged 114, which is obviously still good. It's still top three top four but that's a 35 point difference uh are you or if you're aaron and we had him on last week and he kind of he kind of touched on it but if you're aaron are you worried about that 35 point drop i mean you have to feel it in the last couple weeks this week in particular um but yeah i mean how, how could you not be worried that your team is trending downwards um he started from from a position that's so high that i think even if the rest of the season is tanked um, still getting a playoff bid, but what are you going to do once you get there if your team is in, is consistently putting up less and less every week? Yeah. Who's been uh, moving in the other direction? So there's there's a couple teams who have trended up. There's one team that went from averaging 90 points per week uh, and now averages 112 points per week, which is good for top five, and that is Drake and Josh Jacobs, uh, owned by me. Um, you made a lot of moves on your team to yeah, make that happen. Let me ask you guys, or we'll go with Will. Will, what do you think? Uh, what do you think is more normal for this this Drake and Josh squad? Do you think ninety is more normal, or do you think that twenty two point increase is where he'll sit or I'll sit? I think um, when you get a certain help from certain members of the league in construction a roster, uh, I think that will also help uh, knock up the <laughs> knock up the average. <laughs> but all jokes aside, you know, I remember talking to you earlier on in the year. Um, over over some war zone, as it were, and you know, taking a look at your team was personally what the heck is going on? You know, you looked like you had a decent crew put together, but I think really seeing them kind of come together, you know, um, outside of Julio Jones, right? Jerry Judy, he's kind of come on a little bit better, um, and you know, Antonio Gibson putting up some points. Henry Ruggs has had a couple good weeks, um, and really, you're getting some support from Nick Chubb. Um, you know, once you get Reichwell Armstead back from COVID-19 deaths, I think So I saw yeah. somebody, somebody finally asked the question in, in sports reporting as to what happened to Reichwell Armstead. What people are saying is it, it was, it's just bad enough that they're just not even worrying about it. They have James Robinson. They're just telling him to just stay away and, and keep, 
focus on health. They're just not being public about it. To get serious for a moment. To get less serious, he's definitely dead. It's the kind of plan that you'd put in place for a dead guy. Yeah. Uh, the other other big movers uh, or differences in terms of we- first three weeks or second three weeks, uh, our very own three tight end man himself, Lock It Up, went from averaging um, not a league high, but actually you know, league average 110 points in the first three uh, weeks. That's bottom part of average looking on yeah. this list. Yeah. Um, but still 110 points um, for Lock It Up to a 90.5, good enough for second to last. That's a 20-point drop. Um, this might be a good time to talk about how the streak continues, where Hunter continues yes. to put up more points on the bench uh, than he <laughs> does on his roster for tight ends. Um, we'll talk about over the last three weeks, um, that difference has been 22 points on the bench as compared to four points um, on the field. So what's that, 18, six per game? So that would have, well, I guess not totally brought him back to, to where he was, but it would have covered a decent amount of the gap. Overall this season, Hunter has rostered 22.9 points and has left 103.7 on the bench. Uh, really, really seems to be this decision-making that's, that's tanking Hunter's season. That's incredible. Um one other team I will call out before we kind of talk about how what I think this you know what the stand the standings look like based off of this analysis. We mentioned it every week, but uh, just to rub salt in the wound, Dylan is actually the most consistent team uh, of the league, averaging 116.2 points in weeks one through three, and averaging 115.9 uh, in weeks four through six for a difference of 0.29. Uh, so, I mean, Dylan's team is good. Both, uh, you'll see it on the, when I post the picture, both of them are, are shaded green, uh, which means they're, you know, in the top half of this standing or top half of the uh, averages, but still can't get any luck. So second to last place for Dylan. Did get a fr- did finally get a win, though. Um, I'm sure it's vindicating for Dylan that all this data is finally coming into this league uh, yes. and proving what he's been complaining about for years. Yes, but we're not going to stop making fun of him when he complains. Oh, no, until he wins. Yes. uh, He'll continue to be made fun of. Uh, So implications on standings is interesting. I think personally when I look at this, and you guys can kind of look at it and tell me what you think, but I think the most interesting team for me when I look at this is Kelsey Dagger, uh, which is currently in sixth place, basically fighting for a playoff spot. They averaged 129 points, which was good enough for second uh, you know, second overall and average points per week and are now averaging 111, which is right around the middle. You would think averaging second highest and, you know, middle and basically average would be better than just fighting for a playoff spot. You would think that would be a top three team, which I think we say speaks to what Kevin said and what we've kind of all agreed that Kevin's team is really good. Yeah. Um, how good is really good, though, with a record like the way it is? Um, I think that there's a lot of opportunity for Kevin to maintain the production that he's seen. Um, it, it's really just going to kind of come down to his matchups every week. It's going to determine yeah. his day here and out. And he really needs to hit those matchups if he wants to um, lock in a playoff spot for sure and not be fighting for it um, come into this season. Yeah, the one thing I want to point out for Kevin, he, he does have a couple injuries he's kind of going to be dealing with moving forward, uh, you know, as well as buys, looking at the Minnesota backfield, right, um, you know, seeing what the deal is with Dalvin coming back. 
um, Madison not living up to what a lot of fantasy experts thought was going to be a, a juicy matchup last week. Miles Sanders out and for how long, you know, you don't know. And then I believe Devontae Parker, too, went down with a pretty significant injury. So, um, you know, we'll see if he can keep up with that top half uh, per week score moving forward. Yep. Um, so when you guys look at this data, what, do you, what stands out to you? That's what Star Schneider. Um, the football team in Cal State Camp Sex. They're coming in. They're coming in fast. Um, they are on the rise. Seem to be making um, good moves on their roster when they need to. Uh, I mean, the, these are, are likely going to be the top two teams at the end of the season. This is where teams hit their stride and who's performing now is who's going to be performing for the rest of the year. Um, in the other direction, um, Codell 13, I'm uh, I'm sorry, Will, you started off not doing so hot and and, and you're doing even worse now. Um, we'll get into it in a little bit, but, but something really needs to change there uh, if you don't want to be singing karaoke. Yeah, like I kind of put in a group, um, I'm kind of been, you know, warming up the old windpipes to, to start <laughs> singing for you guys. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, it's not looking good. I'm, I'm hoping for some people to kind of round back into form here. Um, you know, definitely for the first time ever, actually, really remaking the team. But just because it's remade doesn't mean the results are necessarily going to change. So definitely lessons learned and we'll, we'll see moving forward. Yeah, I think what's interesting is when we talk about, you know, potential last place, if you're looking at the, I guess we'll call it, look through from out of the playoffs. So look through seven through, rank seven through 12. I think the three people that are really at risk here are Hunter, Shanefeld, and Will, which is interesting because Hunter's in eighth and, you know, Shanefeld's in 10th, but both of them have two wins. Whereas Dylan only has one, but I, I mean, at some point Dylan's luck turns around. It's just statistically impossible for this to not for there not to be some sort of regression to the mean for Dylan. So I think if you're Shanefeld and Hunter, you should be worried that your team, you know, you you might need to make a move or two. Otherwise, you're going to be right there with Will. I think fighting for for one more win at the end of the season. Yeah, and I'm, uh, I'm noticing that uh, my team Taylor Hamler uh, is is kind of at the bottom of the pool here. Although I'm thinking that once Christian McCaffrey gets back on the roster, comes back from IR, whatever week that ends up being, um, it'll be just enough not to get me to the playoffs likely, but at least to avoid um, the punishment. Sure. Uh, Will, anything that you see here that you want to call out before we move on to uh, our, our weekly segments? Um, no. No, I, like I said, I, I think it's interesting how my team's been performing even worse here <laughs> and you know i guess looking across the board here i'm hoping someone else can join me in the basement so make it a little entertaining for myself all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna post this uh screenshot here in the group once with the podcast so hopefully you, know, you can kind of follow along as we're talking through it first time we're doing anything interactive here we're getting we're uh, we're entering the 20th century we'll get to the 21st eventually but right now we're in the 20th i think um all right so let's move on. Time for Know Your Guest Star. 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 Still love that intro every time. <laughs> I want Amanda Bynes to pop out, though I think she's gone nuts. Uh, she goes in and out, I think, over the years. 
<laughs> All right. So, Will, you are in last place. You ha- do not have a win. I think there's probably a lot of factors into why that's happened, but we want to know what is your biggest disappointment with this season so far? Is there one player or, or one thing in particular that you are disappointed in over everything else? I think the biggest disappointment, um, you know, my, my team was put together uh, a certain way, hoping for certain things to break. Um, not not having a, a solid receiver through the first uh, couple weeks, be it Julio Jones dealing with the injuries or uh, Cortland Sutton going down right away, kind of threw my, my wide receiver group through a loop, right? And, and I, I know it was commented on earlier podcasts about how many – running backs I had, um, and quite a few of those lower-end ones not really doing anything. And then, I, I, like I said, I think if I had to pick one, it would probably be Julio Jones as, as the biggest, right? Was, was hoping to get some consistency there, but I think dealing with Matt Ryan and his injuries, the age, what's going on with Calvin Ridley so far, especially early on this year, really made it – is really where my ire is drawn. Um, I also think – you know, kind of trading away for pennies, I know, especially um, is probably the most frustrating tip piece tale. And that, that definitely goes for DeAndre Swift as well. Hmm. So as somebody you, so, who owned Julio, sorry, as somebody who's owned Julio many times in the past, it's not a, it's not surprising that he's disappointing. Yeah. So you have um, not named just one disappointment. Uh, you name many disappointments with this season, right? Zero and six so far. Six weeks of disappointment. What What's one thing that you're doing in this week coming up here to try and and, and edge out a win? Is there a, a waiver pickup that you're happy with? Are you Are you making a risky start? What's one thing that you're doing different this week? Um, See, I for me personally, you know, my my game. I do not. I I want to set a basic floor with with my points. And as we've seen, I'm not even breaking 100 points. In this league, in years past, you know, my success has usually been driven around having two, two or three plug-and-play running backs. I don't even have to pay attention. And just kind of fixing the leaks and kind of refining the team through there, right? And that really is not happening. <laughs> you know, I, I, this year I, I was going to go the route of trying to stream the quarterbacks. I've had varying levels of success there, though I can't really name that as a failure point. Um, my running backs have been uninspiring at best, though solid. It, it's really putting up, you know, less than five points at multiple positions per week. That's really sinking the team. Uh, you know, can't even break a hundred points in this league on a weekly basis. Um, it really shows how dire it is. Um, especially, like I said, someone who's used to having teams in the 115, 120, and hopefully in the top half of the league here. So. Um, I think, you know, for myself personally, looking forward, uh, you know, just trying, trying to will this team to, <laughs> to a couple extra points, you know, maybe knock off. I saw there was, I, I was the third lowest, I think, last week. So, you know, maybe get lucky with a matchup or two and overcome some of those people and start getting a couple wins. But I, I think right now, with my, the way my team is built, um, you know, the points are there, right? That's usually frustrating when, you know, your, your team goes out there, puts up zero points, you'll hit your bench, and there's nothing there. I've built a solid I, – I have options, right? But as we see with other position groups throughout the league, options aren't always a good thing, especially when you're picking the wrong one. So, I, I'll tell you what. If there was a week for you to get a surprise win, just looking at it right now, and this isn't the matchup of the week, but I'll just go into it quickly. I think that 
this is a week that we could see Will stealing and getting his first win. Because if you look at Chad and Kausu Kamsek's team, he's got a lot of tough matchups on his side. I mean, Josh Allen gets the Jets, which I'm sure you know we expect Josh Allen to have a big day. But that that game could get out of hand quickly, and they could be running the ball. Um, and Kansas City usually struggles in in Denver. Uh, Cooper Cup gets goes against a good Chicago defense. Joe Mixon gets the you know is questionable, and I, I think Joe Mixon's been a disappointment. James White gets a tough San Francisco defense. George Kittle gets a defense that's great at taking away the number one option. And I think really Brandon Cooks uh, is probably going to get shadowed by um, what's his face, the, the number one corner on Green Bay now. So um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name. So Alexander, I, I think, Jair yeah, Alexander. Jair, thank you, Jair Alexander. So I think that Chad Chad could be looking at a week where he doesn't maybe do so well. And I think with the, the moves that you've made, Will, I, I've put you up in a position to steal this week. That's it. Uh, that's your instant analysis right there. Fearless prediction from the commission. Fear, fearless prediction. Upset alert. Uh, all right, so moving on to our, our third question. Uh, we've seen you more active this year. I think usually you're one of the more active owners when it comes to trades, but this year, obviously, we've seen you more active than in the past. You've made a couple of trades. Go through those trades. You know Which trades are you most happy with? Is there a trade you regret? Uh, do you think those trades have... <laughs> have set you up for success. <laughs> All right. So it's kind of a tale of two trades, right? Um, one trade, and I'm probably, you know, given too much of the, how the soup is made, but I guess if you're listening to my advice, you're probably not in too good of a position yourself. <laughs> but really kind of breaking a couple of cardinal rules on my side in one trade and, you know, really working it right on the other. So the first one I'll start with is the trade with Kevin. Right, where I gave him Miles Sanders and Alex Madison for James Robinson and Mike Davis. So that one was was well thought out, well researched. Um, we had been in discussions through various different formats for a, a couple of weeks. There, um, I made my intentions known. You know, he he had comments about my team that would sway from time to time, but we were able to you know work something out. It really was it was a pretty easy negotiation the relationship we have of course helps but um you know really was a pretty good negotiation and um you know the, the other thing i want to warn everyone against you know trades right trade wins and losses don't necessarily always come in the first week right <laughs> you know obviously that's we want to give the instant analysis and everything like that but looking at the trade between kevin and i i'd say it's probably pretty even so far um i know you know, we I, I was able to position myself with with some more future success, hoping to, you know, give him back some more, you know, current success. And honestly, that trade, I, I you know, Kevin and I texting a couple times after it, I think we're both happy with the results, um, you know, at least a one-week result. Now, the other trade um, that I did with you, Jesse, um, you know, like I uh, it, it was it was pretty hairy on Sunday. The Giants were getting the Giants looked horrible despite winning. So I was pretty frustrated about that and getting a text from this group every two seconds about how Julio Jones or DeAndre Swift were scoring touchdowns and putting up big gains didn't really help the mood. Help the mood. So um, you know, taking a look at at that trade, you know, while it was well thought out and well researched with Kevin. <laughs> I saw the trade in the middle of a three-hour call that I was hosting, said, oh, shit, I like Tyler Boyd and Odell Beckham, and I get rid of this flotsam on my team, Julio Jones, who I never want to start. Sure, no problem. I think really 
um, I knew going in, getting rid of Julio was, um, was I knew that was going to happen, right? I knew that when I got rid of Julio, inevitably he was going to have a couple weeks that he was going to be big. But just as often he was going to have, or at least in my mind, right? My, you know, analytics, not analytics, whatever you want to go on about. My mind, right? I thought that sometimes the floor was going to be too low. I didn't want to deal with that. Um, you know, so Julio is fine with. What really hurt me was seeing DeAndre Swift kind of turn out to be. Um, when I drafted him, I drafted him in the fourth round, drafted him really early, was trying to kind of set myself up with kind of one of those future chips. So for me to kind of piss it away um, with, without, you know, really thinking about it. I mean, I'll tell you right now, I made the trade, got off the call. First thing I did was look at Jake Seeley's trades and buys and sells. And lo and behold, who were two two buys, right? Julio Jones and <laughs> DeAndre Swift. And just instant, what the fuck did I do? So, um, you know, like I said, a trade isn't made in one week or trade success isn't made in one week, right? So we'll see what it's like moving forward. Um, you know, Jesse, uh, so I could have easily started negotiations. I just accepted and that's on me. Right. I will say I was expecting some sort of negotiation, but I think, I mean, maybe maybe people will disagree with me, but I think whenever I offer a trade, I, I try and I try and make it fair right from the beginning. I don't try and lower highball anybody. Mm -hmm. And I thought what I was what I was offering you was a floor that yep. you desperately needed. So I thought that you would be willing to give up two guys who are very boomer bust, which does not help you when you're sitting at the bottom for two guys who I think are very consistent. Tyler Boyd is getting between like eight and 15 points every week. That's pretty, that's pretty damn good. When you look at what you're, what you were getting from Julio really, which was mm -hmm. zero. Mm -hmm. uh, and Odell, I mean, there's somebody on this podcast who hates Odell, but the reality is Odell's the number one option there. And this year he's been a little bit more consistent than he has in the past. He's still had a, one or two bad weeks, but he's had a couple really good weeks too. So I thought I thought it was a fair offer. I was a little surprised that you you accepted right away with no negotiation, and I almost didn't throw DeAndre Swift in, but I was like, you know what, fuck it, maybe he'll add it, <laughs> maybe he'll he'll yeah. accept. So yeah, uh, it, it was look, it's one week from Swift. The Lions clearly don't know what the fuck they're doing. So uh, like you said, it's not done in one week. Right, right, yeah, no, and you know, like I said, I kind of no excuses, right? I accepted the trade. I, I wish I wish I took a second there. Didn't get super excited about seeing that floor that you know, because you know what you're doing, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like you know, in other leagues in the past, I'm I'm used to getting bullshit offers, right? You know, oh Julio Jones, and they'll give me like fucking uh, some rando, right? That, that plays three snaps a game, <laughs> and they'll just hope I hit accept. I'm in a lot of leagues like that, so to see yeah. what I would see, see as a real starting offer, right? Um, I, I, I just wish I would have taken a second there instead of hitting accept, but I did what I did. You know, this has been a year of lessons and that's just another one. <laughs> I think it's interesting that you both thought you were dumping a trash player from your roster, trading Odell and Julio. I think we traded the same player to each other. I just think Julio's, Julio's ceiling is much higher and he's slightly more consistent. But I think if you look at Odell and you look at Julio, they're both two of the top receivers in the league dealing with horrible quarterback play or one's dealing with horrible quarterback play and the other one's dealing with injury. Um, but I think they're very similar. I think basically what you're, what you're seeing is Tyler Boyd for Deandre Swift as kind of the, the change in that trade. Um, I mean, Julio is obviously the better player than, than Odell, but he comes with injury, which is always an issue. So that was, uh, that was 
really good insight, actually. Uh, thank you, Will. Um, let's move on now to uh, DJ Fly of the Week. It's my Yeah, quick note. We usually give everybody like a day or two to think about their answers. We gave Will like 10 minutes. So you all need to step up your game. He's just set the bar for everybody. He set the bar <laughs> for the guest stars, future yeah. guest star segments. Yeah, now you all get 10 minutes. Um, all right, DJ Fly of week six. There were two real options here. Uh, we thought about it for a little bit, but at the end of the day, Scoring less than 80 points is almost always going to get you the DJ Fly of the Week. So first place, Kamara Harris, Aaron Brown, you are the DJ Fly of the Week. Has that ever happened before? Our first, place, first team? place team to get DJ Fly of the Week? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. I feel like we would have talked about it if it happened. Yeah, we definitely would have made a comment about it. This has to, yeah, this was a bad week for him. Yeah, this is a bad week for any team. For a bad team, this is a bad week. Yeah. I've scored more than 70-something points every week. <laughs> Look at that. Aaron Seam is so bad he scored worse than Will. Oh, man. You know, the funny thing is is that Aaron actually spent a decent amount of the week complaining uh, about the trade, the CEH for Aaron Jones trade, um, and what CEH ended up with 18 points. Um, and Aaron Jones ended up with something like uh, 11. Yeah, 11 points. So technically a better week for CH than Aaron Jones, despite all the complaining. But CH was it. Everybody else on this everybody I mean Mahomes got twenty points, but that's just expected. That's underwhelming Every, for Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, it's a bad week for Mahomes, actually. But everybody else is bad. Evans. We, we've won. talked before on this podcast about how so much of the weight of his team is on Patrick Mahomes and was on Aaron Jones as well yeah. before he was traded away. Um, yeah. so for him to have a, a bust week is just uh, and, never gonna happen. And not having, yeah, we we've said three teams. We've said we've said Mahomes, we've said Aaron Jones, and we've said Alvin Kamara. He did not have Alvin Kamara, so it's two thirds of it right there. He actually had a good week from from Clyde, and then uh, um, Mahomes put the under twenty eight. Mike Evans had one catch, um, and honestly, Mike Evans is. I know you you're a big Mike Evans fan, but this year I just I don't know that Mike Evans is anything that you can trust every week. You have to start him. But he's gonna be he's gonna be he's gonna be putting up one to two catch weeks every now and then, and that's a problem. Uh, Malcolm Brown, two catch two two catch two yard two touchdown yes. game. Yes, he had yeah, a two so. catches for two yards and two touchdown game. Um, Malcolm Brown should not be starting on anybody's lineup, uh, even with the bye weeks. Malcolm Brown is basically the third string running back on that team at this point, but behind Akers and Daryl Henderson. Well, who was John, his other option this week? Well, there Somebody. were people on the waivers that did better. Oh, that's true. Like you, the, you can pick people. Yeah, Jamal Williams doesn't need to be on that roster. Right. Um, John o. Smith gets hurt. One point eight points. T. Y. Hilton is another guy that at this point has not proven that he should be in a starting lineup. You know, he, he did have the injury. He did have uh, the bye weeks for Keenan Allen, but at this, like, you need more depth. Like your your first backup can't be T.Y. Hilton at this point to compete because Keenan Allen can get hurt very easily and does all the time. And in fact, he did get hurt. So, you know, who knows if Keenan's even going to be reliable moving forward? 
I think that was one of the comments that Aaron made when he was on the podcast. Things that he's worried about is lack of depth on the bench, and yeah. this is really where it's it's shining through. Yeah. So Aaron, seventy-seven point nine points, driving down that average considerably. Congratulations on your DJ Flymanship. He actually got DJ Fly before he got top performer. <laughs> For a first place team, first place I, that's team. I don't know when the next time that's going to happen is. Speaking of sure trend top performer, let's move on to that. Another, yeah, <laughs> another week or another uh, category with two good options here. Um, we'll do a special shout out before we get to the top performer. Dylan has a good week, makes some very smart moves, gets his first W, um, pushes Will to the bottom by himself in the toilet bowl. Um, so good week from Dylan. But yeah, we're we gonna- all picked against him. Yes, Last we week when we analyzed, but some good, very strong waiver pickups. We'll see how they do for him the rest of the season. But this this uh, this week we're going to give Shertrend top performer of the week to its namesake, Jake Sher and DK Metcalf strains, because with a similar amount of waiver pickups, he scored a Lehigh 123 points, uh, beating a God I Need a Win team that scored 113, which is good enough to win you most weeks in this league. Um, and I mean, really, it starts with Trey Burton. Uh, Twenty points off the free agency. Adam Humphrey, fifteen points off the free agency. Adrian Peterson, twelve points off free agency. Like those three right there, uh, that's the best. That has to be the best combined, you know, one week free agency or waiver score that I've seen. And that's he what did you this- hope for out of a set of starters. Yeah, he did this with five points from or six points from Rogers, eight points from DeAndre Hopkins. So that makes it even more impressive that arguably his two best players this year combined for 15 points. Yeah, this team um, with this Aaron Jones trade has become pretty reliant on the Green Bay offense being boomer bust. Um, and they obviously busted this past week, losing to Tampa Bay. So it's, it's impressive that even despite that, um, this team managed to pull out a league high this week. Um, I... I not something I would have predicted with a bad week from Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, the other thing to note, we we didn't mention it, but the other option for sure uh, for DJ Fly of the week was his opponent. Despite putting up 113 points, he got two different zeros. And you have to think if if he if he picks the correct starting lineup, if he just if he just puts Cole Beasley in for either one of those two players, he wins this week. So uh, uh, Hardman was was a trade yeah, that was made uh, this past Hard- week. Michael Hardman to me is not a guy who should be anywhere near a starting lineup right now. You've been uh, making he, comments on that since I kept him. Yeah, yeah. He he's got potential, but right now he's essentially just their kick returner, uh, punt returner. I think his value goes as Tyreek Hill value, Tyreek Hill's value goes. If Tyreek Hill gets hurt, then we have a different story. But right now, I mean, I he's, he's going to struggle to bust into the um, wide receiver three position on that team. Yeah, I mean, he might get you a. a it might get you like a, a one sixty yard catch for a touchdown every like four weeks, but you can't start that. No, he, he with there's a lot of ball to go around on that team with Mahomes at, at quarterback. Um, he's just slightly 
slightly out of range in the depth chart to be seeing any of that action. Yeah, I won't give him. Uh, I won't give him too much shit for the John Brown play. I think John Brown's good, but in a half point PPR, I think there's an argument that Cole Beasley has been a more valuable player than John Brown. Um, but this is not about DJ Fly of the week. This is sure trend performance. Uh, I think one thing I want to talk about is Ronald Jones. Um, I don't think he's talked about enough. I think Ronald Jones looks like a top five running back. I think with Tom Brady orchestrating the offense, making the reads at the line, switching to runs when the defense is favorable for him. I think Ronald Jones is going to continue this trend. I think we're looking at a potential like future superstar in Ronald Jones right now. I think that's a, that's a smart analysis right there. Um, I, I've talked about this Tampa Bay offense before as Tom Brady starts to con- or continues to click um, with the team. Uh, everyone, everyone on that ship is going to rise. It's going to float. And Ronald Jones does have some pedigree too. I remember um, looking at him a couple when he came in a couple of years ago. Um, was just kind of waiting for it to click. So definitely good news if this is this is the year for him that he starts clicking. Yeah, agreed. All right, so that was the sure trend uh, performance of the week. Congratulations to sure. Um, and now let's move on to our matchup of the week. That song gets me fired up every time I hear it. Uh, it is always much louder than the other the other transitions. I'm ready to run through a wall. And the guitar, the guitar riff helps. It's a lot it's more good. like it's a lot more pronounced in this than when I hear it on TV. It's like when I hear it on TV, it's all horns. Yeah. All right. This week we have um, the first place team going on against the fourth place team. Um, we have the matchup of uh, Kamara Harris and Ridley Me This. We're going for, we're going to call it the contender versus pretender bowl. And we'll, we'll go into that a little bit as we go through, but that's what we're going with. So contender versus pretender bowl, one versus four. Um, let's dive into it right off the bat. Actually, you know, let's let's discuss the name a little bit because I think that's probably going to be controversial. Uh, we we kind of were talking about who the matchup of the week was before this, and we were looking at these two teams, and based off of these numbers, we're not sure that either of these teams are really contenders, right? Um, no, I mean they're both trending down. Um, Aaron obviously had, had a pretty pretty strong stutter step this past week. Um, Shahar is really just surprised up to this point. More so than, uh, and maybe it's leveling out a little bit. Um, I'm looking at his lineup right now, and uh, we got a lot of cues next to people's names here. Yeah, not a good sign. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely a team week one that you would not expect to be four and two um, on Shahar's side. We ripped him apart for weeks. I mean, he's still starting a backup running back, like. And, and he's starting a guy in Robert Tanyan who has basically made a name off of one week. 
he's starting Deshaun Jackson coming off an injury. Like he's, I don't look at Shahar's team and like he could continue to win, but I don't look at it and think it's a good team. I'm also like, if, if I'm a Calvin Ridley owner, I'm a little worried because as Julio gets healthier, you know, he's going to steal carry, touches from Calvin Ridley. Um, but he's got Kyler Murray, who even though Kyler Murray has looked horrible as a quarterback, he's a fantasy stud because of his legs. So, um, so I, I think he's he's going to compete. I just I don't think either. I don't look at either of these teams anymore and think this these this team is winning at all. No no challenge. You know what I mean? So, so if we don't think either team's a contender, do we need to change the name of the bowl? The Pretender Bowl. We can call it the Pretender Bowl. Yeah, I think that's better. All right, the Pretender Bowl. It is the the winner is the is the contender and the loser is the pretender. Uh, Only by circumstance because one of these teams needs to go into first place for one week. So, um, let's let's get into the matchups. First, we have Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray. Very rarely. Uh, will I hesitate to pick Patrick Mahomes? And right now I'm hesitating because Patrick Mahomes does not typically do well in Denver. His numbers in Denver aren't great. Um, and I think Kyler does more with his leg. So, and Seattle's defense has been horrible. Seattle does come off the bye, which helps. But uh, something I don't know. There's something about Kyler this week. I'm actually going to give it to Kyler Murray for really me this. Yeah, the, the Legion of Boom is no more in Seattle. And really, when you look at, you know, them against the, the air, right, you know, it's it's funny, especially those West Coast teams. I know myself don't don't usually catch those games. Um, they kind of – you kind of go off of, okay, what were they like a couple of years ago? And uh, people have been passing the ball around the yard on them. So Ky- Kyler Murray might be able to have a pretty big day against Seattle. Um, you know, I'm going to agree with you guys. Denver has a strong, strong pass defense, um, which is going to check Patrick Mahomes. Kyler Murray has every opportunity to be just as explosive. Um, I'll, I'll pick Kyler Murray this week as well. All right, moving on to wide receiver. We have Mike Evans and Keenan Allen slotted in versus Calvin Ridley and Michael Thomas in a battle of four players who are questionable. Um, Mike Evans... Um, has a low floor, high ceiling. Keenan Allen, I think, is the complete opposite: high floor, low ceiling. Um, which bodes well for him. I think he'll, you know, we'll see a solid week from the receivers. But on the other side, Calvin Ridley has just been, just been so good this this uh, this season. And Michael Thomas is the wide receiver one when he's healthy, and it looks like he's healthy, healthy and not punching people, I should say. So it looks like he's healthy. It looks like he's back. So I think the clear advantage here goes to Ridley. Me this. I do love Mike Evans, and I want to continue to pick him. But what we're seeing on the other side of the table here is just too strong. Michael Thomas, back, going to have a a big week, I'm sure of it. Calvin Ridley, putting up good numbers pretty much every week. I've got to give this one to Ridley, me this. Yeah, you gotta, even if you look at rankings, right, you got to think that's two top five receivers on, on John's team and then on Aaron's team, you know, not top five receivers. <laughs> yeah. Going into running backs, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Alvin Kamara. On the other side, we have Kareem Hunt and Latavius Murray for Ridley. Me this, I think this one does not require much conversation. However, I will say Kareem Hunt operating as the true number one now uh, has uh, you know RB1 potential every week, but he gets a tough Chicago defense. 
I will give the advantage to Kamara, who is the true running back one, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Despite uh, the risk of Le'Veon Bell taking touches, I think I think uh, CEH is still the lead back, at least for one more week. And not just lead back, but like uh, gets the bell cow of carries for one more week. I think that Yahoo's pretty spot on with their projection for CEH this week. Um, Aaron got the one week he was going to of a whatever ceiling would be for CH last week before Le'Veon Bell hit the field. Um, but I think that he'll still have a good week this week, just nothing um, particularly explosive needed to share carries. Um, Alvin Kamara is going to do just as good as, as he ever does. Um, that offense, honestly, is only going to do better as a whole um, this week. Um, Kareem Hunt has potential to be great. Murray does not. Um, this one's clearly for Kamara Harris. I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate. I do think that Kamara Harris definitely will, you know, if I it was a betting man, I'd put it on on the running backs. But what what I do find interesting, right, is is Murray is kind of the second side of the coin to Kamara, right? So, you know, there's a possibility Murray, if he's able to vulture a nice touchdown or two, right, that directly impacts quite a bit of the production that Kamara is able to put together. So um, I, I, I am a fan when, whenever you're playing kind of, if there's a one a and well, this is kind of like a two B, but you know, if it's a one, a one B situation, I kind of like seeing that play out and how that's going to turn. So if it were to go Shahar's way, right. It's going to be off the, of Kareem hunt, having a really good week from hunt hunt. Right. And then Murray, you know, vulturing a score or two away from Kamara could, could make that battle interesting. That's true. That's a good point. I mean, if 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 Murray has a big day, it probably means Kamara didn't. So, um, at tight end, we have the currently dinged up Janu Smith um, with a questionable tag. I'm not sure if he's going to play um, versus uh, Robert Tanyan on the other side. Robert Tanyan really, you know, he had a I think he had an okay week last week, but really still living off of that 35 point blow uh, breakout performance. He actually didn't really have that good of a week. Um, I think Tanyan is probably, you know, is safe five, six points. Um, I don't know how much more than that he'll get. I think if Janu does play, Janu would get the advantage. But I'm actually going to give the advantage to Tanyan because I'm not sure that Janu's going to play. I know it's an ankle injury, uh, and those can be very detrimental for, you know, guys who are big and rely on their speed. Um, I'm, I'm going to give my opinion based on Janu playing. Um, Tannehill's been looking great. Um, a lot of balls in the air on that team right now. Um, uh, Tanyan, I mean, Aaron Rodgers wasn't looking great this past week. I'm sure he'll be right back where he was this week. Um, tight ends just aren't a huge part of the playbook in Green Bay. Uh, I'll, I'll give this one to Johnny. Yeah, taking a look at that, I'm kind of I, I kind of do agree with Jesse on what what to expect from Jonu. Um, based on what I've kind of been seeing, it, it's not looking really great for Jonu. And even diving into the bench to Dalton Schultz, I, I still think that Tanyan does have the you know opportunity, you know, to to have a better week. So I, I'm going to go with the the sure thing here. But if Jonu did did play, it definitely played uh, paint a different picture here. So I'll go Tanyan here. All right, uh, starting with the flex, uh, currently slated in 
Tim Patrick for uh, Kamara Harris. Other options on the bench include uh, Josh Kelly with um, Eckler still out um, and looking like he'll be out for a while. Um, and uh, probably that's really probably it. I mean, I guess you could talk Dalton Schultz, but if John doesn't play, he's going to slide into your tight end. You're not starting Jamal Williams. Um, I, I honestly, I actually think I would go with Josh Kelly. I think Tim Patrick uh, has been good the last couple weeks, but the Kansas City pass defense is severely underrated. And I think Josh Kelly, he's had a really three three real weeks of struggle since taking over the you know since. I guess Eckler went down and splitting the the carries with Justin Jackson, but I think he's getting a Jacksonville defense that's been bleeding rushing yards. I mean, we just saw DeAndre Swift go for 130 yards on them. I think Josh Kelly has a big, big week this week. He's the guy I would put in at the flex. You know, none of these options excite me at all. Um, With that, when in doubt, play a starting running back the floor is higher um, and the flex position is just notorious for being boom or bust. Um, I I would be starting Kelly in this situation as well. Yeah. Whole bunch of gross on both sides for the flex this week, at least. Right. Um, You know, uh, yeah, probably, probably Josh Kelly too for, for Aaron's looking at Shahar with Deshaun Jackson. We know he's going against a stout New York Giants defense that's not going to give up any points to the Eagles this this Thursday. So I think Darius Slayton, um, you know, with Daniel Jones throwing five touchdown passes, you got to think a couple of those are going to be to Slayton in the blowout that's coming this Thursday. Right, Jesse? Oh, for sure. Wait, you're talking about the wrong team, though. Every time. Yeah. Without fail. He did. It's he okay. did talk about Aaron's team, it's and okay. then moved into yes, in, in a beautiful transition that you that you it's missed. True. Oh, I, I was I, not. I was not ready. Moved right into it. Okay, that was. It was so well done that I didn't even catch it. So yeah. No, no, no. Uh, you were good, Will. That was that yeah, was that professional. Was that was a professional yeah. transition. Uh, all right. So with that, Deshaun Jackson currently slated in. We've heard Will's pick of of Slayton. Other options for uh, Shahar are. Uh, obviously Slayton. I think Evan Ingram is an option. Chase Edmonds is an option. Uh, Fournette is not an option right now, and that's about it. I would certainly not be starting Deshaun Jackson. I 100% agree that it should be either Slayton or Ingram, one of the Giants guys. The Eagles defense has been bad. I actually think I might consider Ingram because the tight ends have been shredding the Eagles. Um, As as a Giants fan, do not do that. (laughs) There you go. A little more insight from the Giants fan, but yeah, I'm um, helping everyone else out apparently now. But I'll tell you what, though, <laughs> if there is any significant chance of Nate Gary lining up against you in coverage, which is what Evan Ingram has a chance of drawing, then I want the guy that Nate Gary is covering. So, um, but it's probably Slayton. Slayton's the number one there, but you run the risk of Darius Slay shutting him down. So, uh, I'd probably pick Slayton, uh, but not confidently. Yeah, I, I I share that opinion. Slayton's probably probably the pick here. Um, I I'm not sure why now looking at this bench that Ingram's not starting at tight end over Tanyan. Um, that's something to think about um, and not get too caught up in one big week from Tanyan to to notoriously leave points on your bench as tends to happen on this league in the tight end position. Um, but I I would be picking Slayton that flex position as well. 
All right, uh, skipping kickers, we'll move on to defense. Seattle against Arizona, who I think even with scoring a lot of points, that def- that offense looked a little out of sync to me. Um, but Kenyon Drake does get get his legs going with a, with a big 168 uh, yard game and two touchdowns. On the other side, we have New England, uh, who has a very good defense against San Francisco, who just put up a decent amount of points against a really good Rams defense. This is a tough one. I don't think that I would trust Seattle's defense at all this year. I feel like every time I watch them, Russ is, you know, in a shootout. Um, so I'm probably going to pick New England. I think that Bill Belichick has a way of taking away um, the best player of any team better than anybody else does. I think he's going to take Kittle out of it with Mostert hurt. I think that San Fran's going to really struggle, and I would go New England uh, for Shahar here. Yeah, I, I would agree with New England over Seattle in this situation. Um, San Francisco has, I mean, they they can, as they've shown, put up points in a week, um, but I don't think it's going to happen against New England. Um, and just looking at, at just defensive stats between New England and Seattle, New England just across the board has been doing more. Um, I, I'll pick New England on this one. Yeah, like I said, the Legion of Boom is definitely no more. Out, out in Seattle, so uh, New England would be my pick as well. Okay, prediction time. Schneider, you're up. Uh, prediction time. Um, who is our pretender? Who is our pretender? I think that Aaron is not going to be doing as well as he did at the start of the season. Is, is going to see himself on a slide. Not quite as much as was this past week, but certainly not where he's been. Um I think Shahar is going to put up a perfectly average day. Um, I think that you're going to see a lot of good things from Michael Thomas. I don't think you're going to see a lot of good things from Tanyan. Um, I do think you're going to see a lot of good things from from Kyler Murray. Um, I'm giving this one to Ridley me this, and it's going to be 121. That's average. That's a pretty good week. Yeah. It's not... It's not Top tier in this league. Yes, I think it is based off of based on the last couple weeks. Maybe based on the last couple weeks, not what we were seeing in the beginning. Because we were getting a lot of like 130, 140, 150 point weeks before. Um, 121. 123 was the top scoring team last week. Was it really? That was it. That's true. That's true. Um, 121, 107. So the 107's average for sure. So, Will, what about you? Taking a look through, I'm going back and forth in my head, and you, you look at the projections, and they're, they're right there, right? It's about point, you know, point five points difference between the two and Yahoo, the ever trustworthy Yahoo projections. But, um, you know, really here, I I could see this going to Ridley me Ridley me this. I always tend to go with where the running back strength is, and it's kind of tough to always pick against Patrick Mahomes. Though we did mention quite a few reasons why we would. I think Aaron will pull it out this week. I'm going to go with um, like a one. I'll give Aaron like 117 to Ridley me this, you know, sticking around that average, right? To 114, uh, 115. We'll make it even closer. It's going to be a close one, I think. Um, but I do think Aaron's team will, will be able to pull it out with that high-end star power. I agree. I think this is a close one. I'm going to make a bold prediction. And I actually feel like I make this prediction once every year. But my bold prediction is that the team that loses this game will 
uh, end up in second in points scored for the week um, and would be would have been any other team. I'm going to give it to Ridley me this. I, I think he's got – the stars are aligning for a great week for him. Um, Murray against the bad defense. Ridley against the bad defense. Thomas against the bad defense. Hunt against the bad defense. I, I mean, I, I expect a lot of massive games from all of those guys. Um, I'm going to predict Ridley me this scores a 130 points. And I'm going to predict Kamara Harris – Gets 125. Big weeks. Big weeks. I like I said. I like both of these teams. I know we we kind of talked a little bit how we're not. We don't think that these teams are necessarily the best teams on paper right now. But matchups don't lie to me, and Shahar has just got a lot of great matchups across the board. They're projected right now to uh, what between 0.5 points difference between the two of them. That's true. That's true. Uh, very evenly matched teams right here. Yeah. We'll see who ends up the pretender and who ends yes. up the contender. Will, thank you very much for your time. Great insight. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and good luck. Hopefully you get your first win. Yeah. Hopefully get a good win on Thursday and then a good win on Saturday and then another one on Sunday. Could be the whole trifecta here. And I would say that if you get mad at Odell, you could take a shit on him, but he would enjoy that. For everybody else, peace out. <laughs>